So, uh, you said you have a date after this. I got a date, and I've lost my voice. And, uh, it's terrible. Because, like, that's my whole thing. It's yeah. It's like the cool voice in Ohio. And not only that, I've also... This is the worst part. Yesterday I was playing soccer, and I, or football or whatever, and I, I broke my toe. So I've like got this pretty cool outfit on, which I thought was like, it's a cool outfit. Yeah, you look really watching. nice. Thank you. But I'm wearing, I can't wear shoes, so I'm wearing orthopedic flip-flops. <laughs> and like I, you guys see these? I got to wear that to the date because like I can't put on shoes right now. Wow. And these are the only orthopedic flip-flops I own. And the do and then I went to the chiropractor and he told me I had scoliosis. So like, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a good date. You know, it's going to be really rough, but, uh, that's crazy. And that oh, was like, shit. that's not even a bit. I think that's a pretty funny bit, but it's just, wait, are you serious about the scoliosis thing? Yeah, dude. The dog oh like, my God. The Cairo was like, yeah, if you move one degree to the left or something like that, you're going to have to wear a back brace for life. Uh, did he show you the movement that you're not allowed to make? Yeah, he, he pretty much said I got to sit like this, the stand like this the entire time. Essentially, he says I'm going to have a back brace. So that sucks. I don't even know what scoliosis is. That, is I uh, thought it was like a serious thing, isn't it? You guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys reacted a lot more than I did. So <laughs> it feels like it's you, uh, much worse. Uh, no, I don't have a wallet. I just, I just carry, I he's, carry he's cards. He's so rich, he doesn't have a wallet. I'm so rich. I do, I do the cards separately, because then if you get robbed, you can kind of like, pull out three cards. <laughs> you, know, like you can give your ID, your credit card, and like, I don't like your insurance card. I don't know if people, you guys have insurance uh, cards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my family's plan. Oh, the, shit. Oh, we lost. We're good, we're time. good. All right, sweet. And, um, but so then if they've like lose that, then they don't notice that I got like an extra 30 in my pocket. So, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> that's that, awesome. That's how I do that. So yeah. Simon, you're 24 now, right? Yeah. And you just turned 24. Just happy a, birthday. Thank you. Happy belated, but yeah. you know, happy birthday. Much appreciated. Um, and so how long have you been doing comedy for? I've been doing comedy about six years or so now. That's so nuts to me. I started my freshman year of college and kind really? of just, just, been, been grinding, been grinding a lot, especially recently. Because I've talked to you a little bit. Yeah. And so one of the things that like I was very interested about with you is that when I talked to you, you said something that the way that you write is like you write like a whole hour's worth of just shit. Yeah. And then you just go through it and you might have like two or three minutes of gold and then like, you know, maybe some stuff to work on. But like is like how does that all work out like, yeah, yeah yeah how do you write an hour's worth of shit well you first off it's shit you know like yeah. it's like really terrible stuff and you i'll write like i'll use stories as like the basis because that okay. allows you just to spin out extra minutes or like a couple of minutes to like just add context and then you from all that you kind of get the hour, you get this hour of nonsense and maybe through that course of just sitting down to write for like over the course of like a couple of weeks or months, you'll get like something out of there. Yeah. That's like one method I used to write. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I know it sounds crazy, but yeah, uh, I was going to say, yeah. I don't even think I've said an hour's worth of material, like just like shit on stage yet. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just like different premises and stuff. I don't think I've 
for done sure. even an hour's worth of shit. I think. Do you have a? How? I mean, how do you come up with stuff? So for me, I feel like it just like I I just started getting into the writing aspect because I'm like really bad at that. So yeah. typically, it's like comes into my head. I try to like say it. It will come out good in like a conversation, and I'll try it on stage. And yeah, but then I realized that it was a really bad like <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. system because. I have now, I'm three years in, and I have like maybe seven and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm just yeah. like, God damn it, dude. Like, I could, you know, be working way more, but I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I always find like writing, I feel like the whole writing on stage, people who are like, oh, I write on stage. Yeah. It's like cool if you're like literally a, ge- literally a genius. Yeah. But like, I don't, get, like, I could maybe like come up with a tag on stage. But like, trying to come up with a whole premise, it just seems, it's so crazy to me. Yeah, for me, it's like, it's like I'll say something on stage and then I'll get off and I'll be like, fuck, I should have said this. Like, this would have been good. Or I'll be listening back and I'll be like, and I'll hear myself saying something and then it will make me think of something. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I think this would be much funnier instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's one of those things that, like, definitely as like a newer comic, it's hard to figure out what writing style is right for you. So mm-hmm. now that I'm like getting into it really late, I'm like, fuck, there's like a thousand different ways to like try yeah. to like just write shit down. That's why I think it's just good to write down everything. And yeah. like you really just learn to cut. And it's not like you learn, it's not like you write the hour and then like immediately you look over it and you're like, boom, here's the best five out of that, which yeah. I'm gonna cut. But like it literally takes, it takes like two years to you, you'll have an hour, you'll start out with an hour, you'll be like, this is genius. This is the best thing ever. And then, like, you'll do it. You'll run it just at open mics or at clubs. And at the start, every time you get a laugh from a sing- any joke, you'll be like, that joke is amazing. That's the greatest <laughs> That's joke. That's literally how <laughs> anyone's ever written. And then, like, as you perform it more and more, you'll realize, eh, I don't really like this joke either, like, needs more meat or it doesn't, it's kind of hack or it's a bit boring or there's not, not much going with it. So then, just over repetition, you kind of learn to cut. And especially you can cut like 30 minutes initially because you'll try to open mics and it will get no reaction, uh, which means it's crushing at an open mic because Shrunken Head is the worst open mic in the world with all respect to everyone dude, who works hard at it. Dude, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I swear to God, I always feel like I'm going to get into a fight with somebody because they're always like, what's your favorite open mic? And it's not Shrunken Head. Like it's in the it's in the top. What is your favorite? Mine is Saver Pint. OK, I like Saver Pint. Yeah, because it's a small room. And like 10 people fills it up and yeah. it's like, and it's a really easy room to control cause it's like narrow shrunken head. If it's like got nobody in it, like it's empty. You know what I mean? If there's like four people in there, it's just an empty room. If shrunken head has four people in it, it's like, Oh, this is like, you know, a 10th of the room size. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like shrunken head when it's full. It can be a great room. Well, if it's full, it can be a great room. Yeah, it's it's um, <laughs> it's not full though. It's the problem. <laughs> it's 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 very empty. Now let me ask you. Sometimes this. full. Yeah, they, Xavier and Ty and everyone and you know all the other people. They run. They do. They they're great hosts, but it's just yeah, like it's exactly tough to. Let me ask full. you this: What do you think that is a like product of? Like, what do you think? Do you what do you think that we could do to fix that? Do you think that it's just marketing on our end, or do you think the bar should be pushing it more, or what do you think? No, I think like number one, it's a bar open mic. Like, yeah, 
you gotta the fact that there are like even like five people there every week is amazing like that yeah. makes it an amazing open mic yeah and it's good it, it's it's great if you're it's a great way to see if you have a joke that if people laugh at your jokes you're like okay cool that joke works okay um or at least you think it will work initially but then if but then i've also done jokes at shrunken for jokes which i've done also in front of like 400 people at a club and gotten applause breaks and it's gotten nothing uh and it's just like okay well sure you know if a joke works sure you get if someone laughs you're like okay this joke works but the amount of times you'll do a joke at a open at shrunken and it'll get no response you're like okay i'm gonna can that joke it's actually a really bad feedback mechanism because if you take uh, your best joke and it okay. doesn't do well that's that's the crowd's fault. That's not your fault. That could be a really good joke that you're just throwing out because you, your one test crowd is uh, is not reacting to I it. I noticed that like Halima says that shit all the time. Like whenever she's doing a joke and it's like and it doesn't work at Shrunken Head or at like Saber Pint, she always is like, "Fuck you guys! This killed in front of like 50 people. Like you guys yeah, can go fuck yeah, yourselves." Yeah. Like uh -huh. <laughs> it's kind of the deal. It's just that's you just got to really learn to realize if, if your premises are strong and your vibe okay. is good eventually you'll be like ah no either like halima you know I, i'll say it on the record sometimes halima's wrong that her jokes do suck uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, shots fired <laughs> but some of but some of her jokes are great and they and some a lot of comics jokes are great and yeah they just the the only problem i have with shrunken is sometimes the feedback mechanism is off yeah yeah exactly that's i think that's why I like Saver Pint yeah. because I feel like, at least in my opinion, I know if I'm doing well or if I'm not yeah. in that sense. Like in like what you're saying, it's like I'm, if I go up on stage and I'm doing a joke and there's like people in there and it's like not doing well at all. I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I need to work on this because like, you know what I mean? It is a smaller room. Should be easier to control. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, they're all open mics. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know it's just great that anyone is running an open mic for other comics to test stuff out it's uh and also i think the best way if you really want to test out your materials you know run your own show and exactly uh, and see if it works there in front of your crowd yeah there's a there's a lot of stuff actually that i'd like to ask you about so like because you do do your you do do your own so shows glad I'm here, yeah. but um i guess like one of the things that i wanted to ask you is because you recently started doing clubs you yeah. started doing like clubs and stuff. Yeah. And is that is like completely recent, right? Like, uh, yeah, no, like you've been like really hitting it hard recently. I've been hitting it hard. I've been opening for Jason, uh, Hell yeah, dude. Jason banks. Uh, I've been opening for him on the road and I've been getting a few hosting gigs here and there and a few feature spots here okay. and there kind of around the country. Um, clubs, uh, I, the, the way I think of it is if a joke works at shrunk, if a joke works at shrunken, it will do really well at a club. Okay. Uh, and if a joke doesn't work at shrunken, then take it to the club and see if it works and see if it works. Okay. And the good thing of doing clubs, especially when you're doing a weekend is you get four to five to six, uh, tries to see if that joke works. Uh. So it's like some, cause you, you know, if, if it bombs one time, you can be like, it's the audience. If it bombs two times, you can be like, it's yeah, the, uh, it's this the, uh, sure it's the audience <laughs> but if it bombs like 
you know, six out of six times or four out of four times, and that's on you. Yeah. So just either Interesting. work on the joke or cut it. So um, what would you say, other than that, what would you say the difference is? Like working on material at like a club versus like trying to like do stuff for open mics. So like now that you're doing clubs, I'm sure you have, you know, probably an hour or so of material. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. But like, how do you start? Cause I've always been confused about people who are traveling and stuff. How do you work on new material while you're on? Do you just do it like normal? Yeah. Cause you get, well, the, the best thing about clubs is number or two best things about clubs is, Number one, you have an attentive audience most of the time. Okay. It's kind of hard if you're hosting because like 80% of the time people don't realize you're a comic. They think you're the, ho- they think you're the, the announce, the guy giving the PA announcements at the start of the show. Okay. And you're just trying to make, you're trying to do comedy. Okay. So like after the show, people always come up to me if I'm hosting, they'll be like, hey man, you, you, you made some really funny announcements. And I'm like, nah, you got <laughs> You got it all wrong. I'm. Uh, I was very much a comedian. <laughs> oh shit! Very much doing a polished, a polished ten, and or or a terrible ten. It probably yeah. also is nice too to like work on material and also get paid while you're doing it. I mean, that's you know that would be the that's other like thing. The, it's like it's nice the to, pinnacle. It's nice to it's nice to make a little bit of cash. Yeah. And, but then the main thing about clubs being different from uh, from venue, for, sorry, from like just open mics or anything like that is repetition is you're getting the chance to work on 10 minutes you get the chance to work on you know 10 to 25 to an hour depending on if you're hosting featuring or headlining like two times maybe three times a night and just that repetition is so helpful you know if you think about the infrastructure of like a local comedy scene you can have an open mic on Monday where you get five minutes and it's a toss up on if you're going to have 20 people in the audience or five people in the audience. And then you're like, oh, okay, that joke kind of worked. I'm not sure if it did. Let me run it on Tuesday for an open mic <laughs> audience of 10 people where eight of them are comics and will never laugh. And then Wednesday, okay, two, two open mics. That's great. Five minutes each time. Thursday, and then, you know, it's like you get a little bit of practice a little bit of repetition but doing it so quickly like having truly just being able to do a show get off stage do it again an hour later the same material maybe mix it up it's 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 all about getting every comic will say it's just about getting reps yeah. to get better and it's i didn't believe it i was like nah i'm good i'm good like before i got on before i started doing clubs i was like yeah i'm really good i, I don't need to do the clubs and now I look back on my act, and I'm like, nah, it's just so helpful just getting, the, keep, rep, getting okay. the reps in. And that's why new, everyone loves New York, is like you just get so many reps. Yeah, because um, you, you can do like three or four a yeah. night, five a night sometimes. Yeah. And that's the downside of a local, that's the downside of like a smaller comedy scene. But there are a bunch of upsides to, yeah. to I was a gonna say, comedy scene. I was going to say, though, Columbus, for a small comedy scene, like sometimes they have some like, you know, multiple night you know, Mike's like there was like the Rambling House, Polaris. They did theirs, Rude Dog, oh, yeah, and uh, fucking Beyond the Bricks. Yeah, they they were on Tuesday, like I think last week. All three of them were going, and then you know, like Halima throws her mic sometimes right after Saver Pint or right after Shrunken, whatever day she decides to do it. I mean, but, she mixes it up. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, interesting. We it, do need more mics. We need more mics. You know, obviously the infrastructure would be much improved. But I mean, the Funny Bone has brought back their monthly mic. 
that's a good that's a good thing for the scene like yeah. the first show was great the um obviously the independent club would be great um but but honestly yeah you are right like columbus does have a pretty good setup for for somewhere with no independent club the fact you can get up every night is great yeah and any like out of town comic yeah. Be like that's really good for yeah, a local scene. Exactly. Um, but I just think the benefit. So that's why I think Columbus is actually like sneakily helpful. Just the upside of clubs is you just get to do it even more exactly. and for more people. Damn. Yeah. So six years. How how long into your comedy career was it before you started getting like uh, like shows at all? Like any like tor- type of paid gig or ticketed gig or? It's very confusing. I did it all my. I kind of for the past five and a half years i was doing it all my i did it all myself oh oh that's right okay and I kind really of good. create i never really like relied on clubs to get gigs i would always put on shows myself like whether it was in my ba- whether it was in like my uh basement in college sounds creepy uh but it was like I, we had a big we had a big like 10 person house and we had a basement so i just like stick some chairs down there and a microphone and I'd like put on shows and bring all my friends. Uh, and that was a great way to g- get reps doing that. Um, and then like I did at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for uh, for like 16 days when I was a year into comedy doing like a 40 minute run, which was insane because looking back on it, I had five, I had five minutes. Yeah. Like, like a good five minutes out of that. But then, and then like I would travel around the show and I would just do like a bunch of like apartment shows and I would travel in my car with like a speed like a a speaker like just the size of this like this big and small for the audio listeners and a microphone and like 15 fold-up chairs and i just hit up whoever be like yo can i do a show in like your apartment or your living room and they were like yeah sure and people have low standards for comedy when it's in their apartment so it's just a good way to get reps and build material and i only but then i only started I don't really, so I don't, so it's weird because I've like been working since the start, but also I, I've kind of just been doing it solo versus like getting booked. And it's only in the past six months or so when I started to travel, okay. like around kind of the Midwest, Southeast, East Coast that then, it, then it's like, then it's super easy to get booked okay. because all you have to do is be like, Hey, I'm from out of town. Uh, I'm, you know, here's a tape. Hopefully you think it's funny. And if they like it, they'll give more preference to you than a local especially if you're going to like another random scene okay yeah so so you started doing the shows pretty early yeah now were you doing them ticketed or were you just like free comedy free okay totally free to start off and now and now never free now never free (laughs) now never hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah so um at what point because like the one thing that I'm like kind of like battling with right now with all the stuff that I'm trying to do is that like, you know, is it, uh, is it time to start like trying to find comics and, you know, try to start throwing shows and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, how do you decide how many free shows do you do yeah. before you decide, okay, this is a solid setup. People are showing up. Like, like when, when's that transitional period? Like when did you decide that like, all right, I'm going to start asking for compensation to like do an apartment show at someone's house or like if you're traveling around or whatever. Uh, I think, good question. I think it takes a while. Okay. And 
Sometimes, you know, there are sometimes like um, I'll do an apartment. I'll do, uh, like I'll take back that like it's always it's never free anymore. Okay. Like sometimes if I just like want to run an hour. Okay. I'll be like, yo, I'll hit up someone in Chicago and be like, hey, can I do a show in your apartment? And then I'll ask them to pay like a comic from Chicago who I get to open. Um, I think you kind of want to be confident that you're good. Okay. Like really good. Okay. Before you start. And really good. Now, what if, so like yeah. one of the things that I've been thinking about is like, cause you were talking about these reps, this yeah. reps stuff. And one of the things, things that I was thinking about, cause I don't think that I'm a strong comic. So it's like the only way that I would be able to get these reps would be to get comedians who are good to like do the show. And I just like host, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, the, and so like, but at the same time, if I'm asking people who are good, they're yeah. gonna be like, well, is there gonna be compensation? You know what I mean? And it's like out of pocket, like do, yeah. you know? No, no, no. In that case, I think it's always, I think in that, if, especially if you're getting good comedians in yeah. and you build up a reputation, maybe you do the first show free. Yeah. Like that's a really easy way to hook people in. Do a first show free with great comics, pay out of pocket. Then the second show really emphasized during the first show, like put emphasis on the second show, try to get repeat customers. Be like, hey, that was the first, that's the free trial. This next show is gonna be 10 bucks or this next show is gonna be, you know, five, five bucks. Um, and even then, like a lot of comics, especially local comics yeah. and good local comics, will do your, sh will do your show for, <laughs> for free if, if yeah. it's a good show. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. it's like, it's all just, I'm, I'm, trying to figure out the logistics yeah. to, to maximize another, know, another helpful thing is you can like this. I did a few shows. The first few showcase shows I did in Columbus were free. And I just asked the audience for tips and through the tips we made, you know, I have rich friends, so they tipped well, uh, but we made an insane, we like, I was able to pay comics like good money. Okay. Uh, like possibly more based on, you know, you bring it free show, good marketing and like good reputation. You bring in like 80 people for a show and you can walk away with like 300, $400 worth of tips. Okay. As opposed, and that's good money to pay the comics. And I would always, I would always pay the comics. Yeah. You know, yeah I, well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. always first. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, as in like, I would, I would break I would always, uh, I would never end up with a profit for yeah. myself. Yeah. I, um, even sometimes I don't do that. I, I'll, yeah. I'll make sure to break even, but I, I won't normally get a profit. Okay. And so that's an upside because let's say you do 80 people for 400 uh, tips. That's much better than, you know, you do a ticketed show at $10. And then no one shows and up. And then 30 people come and then, okay, fine. You've made 300, but it's still a bigger crowd and the same amount of money. And these are all hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of but, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But interesting. Free is good. Free with tips is is a you know it's not sometimes you will have to eat into your pocket yep. if you've promised a comic a certain amount of money yeah but if you put on a good show and just explain you're trying to grow the scene and just yeah everyone respects a good everyone loves a good show yeah exactly yeah sweet so um you start doing uh apartment shows yeah and you start uh you know traveling around and stuff like that how long are you doing that before you're doing like clubs is like now like yeah. is have you just now started doing clubs or have you kind of like dipped into them before kind of like clubs the past 
where was my first one? I guess like the past nine month nine months or so. And that's like again, it's not like headlining. It's just like yeah, ho- yeah, host, of course, yeah, yeah, hosting or featuring. Yeah, um, I mean, it's still you know, it's still stage time in oh, front yeah. of people, which huh. is like you know what I mean. That's like the goal. That's yeah. like you know what I mean. Regardless of like how much money you're walking away with at the end of the day, it's like the goal is to just get people to like laugh at your shit. Yeah, and the more people that are there, it's like you know, golden. Oh, it's great, and especially when you're the host or the feature, when you know they've bought tickets to see someone else, then there's no pressure on you. You, you know, the, because number one, it's, they won't remember your name. Yeah. They'll only remember your name if you were really funny and try to look you up afterwards. Otherwise, they'll be like, hey, remember when we went to go see this comedian? Oh, the host was terrible. What's his <laughs> name? I think he was some Australian, you know, douchebag. And you're like, that works for me. Yeah. You know, you'll never find me. Uh, and so it's like nine months. I was doing these apartment shows, especially during COVID when all the... I graduated from college in 2020. And then... And then I kind of set out to, well, I was trying to do stand-up after college, but all the clubs were closed and all the mics were closed as well. And I was just like, okay, well, I can do apartment shows for like 15 people. Uh, and so I did them all over in like Columbia, in, you know, Ohio, in Michigan, in California, in uh, Texas, in, I can't even remember, but just like while I was driving around, I would do these shows and they were just a great way to get reps. And do you want water or anything? No, this is, this is literally the best my voice will ever sound. Are, I, yeah. I, but do you want water at all? I'll take some. Yeah, uh, sweet, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. But yeah, so, and then I kind of just like came to Columbus in March of, I moved here in March of 2021, so literally a year ago. Kind of just stumbled in, started doing shows and uh, it's all random. Like all of com- you know, comedy, you just have to be like pretty good and a bit lucky and so i got the offer to like i kind of got in with the funny bone a little bit and they were like if you want to host a few weekends so that was super nice of them and well they were like here they were like i got in with them i was like hey i'm british and i'm I'm british and i'm in columbus (laughs) you know can i be a comedian and they're like you can host we'll give you like an off night to host and you know the thing if i didn't do well they wouldn't have asked me back but yeah. then I did well and they were like, okay, cool. You can do it again. And then I just got to, they were like, do it again. And then I got a week and then I got a weekend working with them. And then for like a, like kind of like a mid-sized comic, I would say. Thanks so much, Rich. Uh, Thanks, bro. And then, ooh, ice as well. This is great. And, uh, and then like kind of the big thing that happened for me was in January, I was in Syracuse hosting for jason uh jason uh in yeah in like january snow blizzard uh conditions in syracuse and i drove up from columbus and jason and kenny his feature act they flew um but they could their flight got delayed and then eventually diverted to uh, like detroit so and that was like five minutes before the show and (laughs) and so the manager comes up to me he's like hey man like we're gonna need you to do the whole show because we already have pe- everyone is in their seats, uh, everyone like you know has already paid for drinks and food and is expecting a show. They're gonna be disappointed. Can you do a whole show? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude. Like I've been doing apartment shows to like be ready for this opportunity. And you know, like if you're the typically if you're the host, you just get like 
you'll just be good. They expect you just to do 10 minutes. Uh, but here I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I've put myself in this position to do well. And so I go on stage and I do the whole show and it goes for a crowd that was expecting to see a, you know, a 30 slash 40 something year old black man from America. I think they had to settle for a, you know, very ethnically ambiguous British man uh, who was 20, 23 at the time. So let me ask you this. Are you like white? I'm white. I'm white. Okay. I'm white, but everyone thinks I'm black or the, old Moroccan. Because you do, you do <laughs> have like your hair it kind of makes it like a little ambiguous. I, I know, think that's what it is. It's that some people say the new, the, the news, the nose, uh, <laughs> well, you know, but that's just, that's just a Jewish nose. Yeah. Uh, Are you, you're actually Jewish? I'm Jewish. And my dad did a 23 and me, his results, 100% Ashkenazi Jew. Oh shoot. So he is, he is, yeah, he's been snipped multiple times. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. But. Hey, I mean, I looked up, I was going to say, I looked you up and your uh, little, your family. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. There's like pictures of you on Google. Like, I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's the most embarrassing pictures of me. When oh, I was like shit. 16. Oh, and like going, wearing your going suits and puberty. shit. Yeah. That's With awesome. these people at a stupid party in San Francisco. <laughs> Rich. Yeah. <laughs> savage got to embrace the lifestyle so how did the show go in syracuse so the show like went like all things considered like pretty great and so and then the manager and that that was a funny bone and the way the funny bone works is there's like 17 clubs across the country and when they had to recap the show to all the other they all have a meeting um when they had to recap the guy the manager was like yes simon did a great job and so the next weekend <laughs> so the next weekend in columbus i got to open now instead of just for like a mid-sized con for a comic who sold out uh like five straight shows Hell and yeah. so they you know and then from there it's just like more of you know got to do some more get to do, do more openings and sometimes you get bumped from shows and, yeah but it's all just like it's all a steady patient build and uh dang son it it truly it just comes with preparation and preparation and luck and like i got wildly lucky so you just did the whole show like you didn't have an opener or host right no i just yeah i just went straight up did the whole show oh shit like 15 minutes apologizing that they had to you know they had to be watching me and you know eventually i think you know did they tell them got them on board did they tell them first oh it was horrible the manager gets on stage oh no beforehand being like hey so jason's flight is canceled uh and also his feature was on that flight uh and but instead we do have comedy for you and they i can't remember exactly what he said but it was number one he got my he got my name wrong uh oh no we call you and then i don't think i can't remember uh simon Frey, yeah guy gave me my stage day the uh he um, what do you go up as i i go up as simon no i go up as simon fraser okay uh, yeah, yeah yeah but then um what did, what did he say he just said yeah this is he's a young kid and he's trying his hand at comedy oh <laughs> so, no so i'm just like oh god so, <laughs> yeah so it's kind of just like oh brother like now now it's you're fighting against everything yeah but, but it went well and so like just from there it's you know i was prepared which was kind of the important, which why I did those apartment shows. Yeah. It, you, I don't know. You know, people, they, the people at the club say I did the full 90 minutes. 
I don't think I did the full 90, but uh, <laughs> let's, just say, let's just say like 70, 75. And you did both shows that way? No, there, so then uh, there was only one show that, there was only one show that night because it, oh. it was during COVID and there was a COVID Savage. surge in Syracuse. Savage. But yeah, that would have been crazy if you had to run <laughs> to fucking do the second show. But yeah, but that, like the, literally, yeah, that's just kind of like, the, I got lucky there and then from there it's just you're in with the, you're like a proven guy. Yeah. Or not a proven, you still need to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it just shows that you're reliable. Yeah. And from the, if people can trust you in the industry, like that's the most important part. Because if you're throwing a show and you want to like work on your stuff, you want to book people who you know are going to do well. Yeah, exactly. Not like people who... I'm like, uh, yeah. open micer only, yeah. like, you know, doesn't have like a lot of strong material. Like I definitely want to make sure that like, it's going to be something that people want to come back to. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, with open mics, you know, you show up not expecting there to be an open mic and then you're like, Oh, maybe I'll try it out. And then you get like three or four people in, you know, and it hasn't got rolling really yet. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to leave yeah. and I'm probably not going to come back for a while yeah. or on Mondays. Absolutely. <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? Yeah. Or, that's how it works. But yeah, so that's in yeah, preparation and preparation and luck are like the two. Exactly. And oh, and building it and just like trying to create as many opportunities for yourself as, as you as you can. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. But so 20 fucking 4 years old and you're already like doing all this shit. That's dope. That's it's cool. You know, I'm infinitely uh, lucky, you know, just lucky. Uh, what made you decide to do comedy? Oh, I, I got uh, in college. I got rejected from every extracurricular activity that I tried out for. And so the only one left was the stand up comedy group. And I just went in and listed every extracurricular activity I had been rejected from, all of which were true. Uh, and they thought it was funny. They thought they they took pity on me. They took. A <laughs> laugh. I, I don't think there was a single laugh. But they were like, "Oh God, we feel so guilty. If we were to reject this boy, uh, we would. I think he would. He he probably would be taking a leave of leave of absence for for mental health from life. reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. I got rejected from like. I got rejected from sketch comedy, improv comedy groups, um, tenet, the tennis group, the soccer group. The second soccer group, the ping pong group, the table tennis group, two different groups. One's Chinese, one's English. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> the, uh, um, yeah, the Chinese yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, what else? The, you know, like the investing group, the consulting group. Uh, what the fuck? The Black Men's Union. That one was fair, but uh, they did encourage <laughs> me. They, you know, uh, yeah, they were, they, someone came up to me. He's like, hey, man, are you? And I was like, uh, I can be. <laughs> <laughs> And then I applied, and they were like, "Ah, oh, we've made a mistake." Oh shit! Garjack from the British Men's Union. Uh, you know, no way. Yeah, it was fucked. They apparently you need to apply. You need to apply for that one. Uh, <laughs> tutor, tutoring, mentoring, like, damn, vo son. volunteering, community service. I was like, I was a shell of a man. And then I go to this stand-up group, and uh, they're like, "Woohoo, you're in!" And I was like, "Thanks." And then I was terrible for like a year and oh sorry as we are much are. much longer much longer than a year uh, yeah. but um yeah within a year i did edinburgh and that was like a big leap to, okay to get better but oh my god what yeah. is that Ed edinburgh is this festival in in uh, scotland where oh, it's like a month-long comedy festival it's oh, kind of like shit if you have just for laughs in north america you have edinburgh in uh 
So you UK. were over there, I'm assuming, visiting family and then just kind of hopped in? Yeah, I kind of, I got in, like, I got in through a technicality again, like, so, I, uh, kind of a technicality, kind of a, a scheme. I just figured that there, because Edinburgh, there are, like, hundreds of venues with yeah. tens, tens of shows going on every day, like, from noon until midnight. And I just figured, like, hey, it's two weeks before the festival. I bet you some people have canceled or had to cancel their shows for random reasons. So I just went on every festival's where every uh, venue's website to see if they were accepting uh, submissions. And I like emailed any of them where I saw they had a, like an opening, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we can give you this 150-person theater for two nights, and we'll give you this 50-person venue for six nights, and we'll give you this 40-person venue for eight Shit. nights." Shit. And so then, because they were just like desperate to have anyone go in there. And so I paid the fees and, you know, it's pretty cool. You got a, you got a bark on the Royal Mile. It's like this, you know, mile in Edinburgh of just where all these tourists walk by and you have to be like, come to my show, come to my show, come to my show. And, you know, sometimes you hire people to bark for you, but I was late in the game and uh, I, I, you know, so I couldn't do that. And sometimes so people you, still do that. People still do that. It's really fun. Like, it's you i just spent like a month just yelling at people like with a flyer like yes and they would always like and they'd look at it and like be like no and then keep walking (laughs) (laughs) but it was uh but the best part was you just i had to throw myself into writing 40 minutes of material when i was like when i had like five minutes at an open mic so it was criminally insane like anyone who came to that show and said it was good was lying but it just it it forces you to elevate okay what you you know, in terms of the Overton window, oh, that's the wrong analogy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in terms of thinking about what you think is possible, it really changes the playing field. Yeah, this is, this is something I've been talking uh, about with uh, Brian Harris a lot, actually, because crazy uh, man. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is, dude. And one of the things that, like, he was saying, it's like, he's like, I wouldn't take, you know, a ten-minute spot because I don't have, or like, I wouldn't take like a fifteen-minute spot because I don't have like ten minutes or fifteen minutes. And I'm just like, well, I mean. If you have like, you know, eight minutes, why wouldn't you take it? You know what I mean? Because like the worst that would happen is like you bomb for, you know, that remaining time. But like you still have extra time to work on your shit. And especially like, you know, when you're doing shit like this, like I, I look at it at like, you know, a bunch of different angles. It's like, you know, am I going to get more time? Am I going to get a little bit of money for doing this one? Am I going to, you know what I mean? And it's like. And it's like a cost-based analysis. It's like, all right, I could go here, do five minutes, maybe not get anything. Or I could go over here, do seven minutes, maybe get $20. And then like, you know what I mean? I might actually have a crowd. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, you're going to want to do the one that's like, you know, more beneficial to you. So it's like, I've been just telling him, it's like, dude, just take, you know, what you can get. Like, obviously you don't take an hour, like if, be honest, but like. But it's so important to be delusional when you're starting out. Like, it's so important to tell your, number one, to be delusional, to think like you're funny, Yeah. you know, to, to hear like one laugh during a five minute <laughs> open mic set and like go back to your friends and be like, I crushed that set. Like, that's really important because otherwise you, no one would ever do a second set. So you ha- and then you have to be like, oh yeah, I've, if you say you've done 15 minutes on stage, but you know, you don't have, but you're getting like a laugh every two minutes or so yeah. you, you have to tell yourself like, Hey, I'm like I can do 15 minutes and then you have to be like, Hey, I'm going to do 40 minutes and it's possible. Even though it's like criminally insane. Anyone who's above you in the game will be like, 
you do not have that time. You just have to be delusional with it. Okay. And, and that's how you grew as a comic, just being yeah, delusional yeah. and being like, I'm going to do 40 minutes and I have maybe five minutes. Yeah. And I would like my friends, like I would, my friends are the best because in college they're the best and the worst. Cause in college, like they would, I would get like, I was a friendly guy. I would get like, I don't know, like, like 80 or 90 people down in my apartment and down in my down in like my basement just to like watch me perform and kind of turn it into a social event like buy drinks um but you know they would they would support and you know uh and they would lie to me they'd be like hey that was great uh and then the next time i'd perform they'd be like that was so much better and it's like okay so you absolutely hated the first one dude i hated it because i had a friend that came and watched me and i killed it at the shrunken head and he like came up to me and he was like hey man i'll be honest with you when i first saw you you were a little rough (laughs) but like you did really good tonight and i was like bro the last time i you saw me you're like you did really good i was like dude fuck you guys Fuck it's, you. It's the worst compliment. In yeah. Comedy. So now I'm like, so now I'm like, did I even do good this time? Like, how can I even uh, trust it's you? Terrible. It's like, yeah, it's just, Fucking it's just Reno, a backhanded dude. compliment. <laughs> That's who it was. It was Reno. It was Reno. Oh, yeah, dude, dude. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> I still, <laughs> I love him, but yeah, Reno needs to yeah, get him out. Get him. He needs to get on stage. <laughs> he does. He's a funny man. He, yeah, I was going to say he was a, yeah, he was running oh. through some of his jokes. He should do it. Again, yeah. it's like just so important to recognize just because you don't get laughs the first time up. Exactly. You, it's not about getting laughs. It's about seeing if like you like that experience on stage. Exactly. But it, I hate that compliment, man. That was, <laughs> that was so much better. Yeah. And I used to get that all the time just because you just got to create those opportunities. It's yourself. like a good compliment, but also a bad compliment because it's like it's terrible. I'm better, but... I was still bad, so yeah. I could still be really bad. It's a backhanded. It's like yeah. it's like at the uh, the end of the Theory of Everything. You know that movie with about Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah. He, like he gives a speech, and then the audience gives him a standing ovation. <laughs> like you don't think you'd be a little disrespected? You Dude, be- that shit. I watched that movie. We're talking about the one that was uh, that they like did the whole thing, right? Like they were like. Had the wife and everything. He was yeah. like cheating on the wife. Somehow he's fucking. It's I was like, dude, this is insane. What? Stephen Hawking just like blah, 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 is just banging chicks. Yeah. I, I mean, he wasn't like that, like quite yet in the movie, but like he was like already fucking fucked. Like fucking was supposed to be. He's just this piece of metal. Yeah. Was supposed to believe he's his pussy magnet. He's just a magnet. Dude. Yeah. So I'm wondering. He's just a, ma- <laughs> he's just a magnet. That's it. I'm wondering. Uh, I wonder if it was like, uh, like dramatized. You know what I mean? If it was like, it's like, wow, this guy's life was really fucking boring. Yeah. He got a disease. We gotta spice it up based on true story. <laughs> based, based, based is the strongest word yeah. in entertainment. You can do anything if yeah. it's based on a true story. Fox News. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. But so. Um, you know, all things that we've been talking about, um, you've been growing as a comic, you've been thinking about doing things, uh, in the future. Um, one of the things that I've heard about, and it's been like, you know, we've been talking about this for like a long ass time, you know, everyone will bring it up every once in a while, but like you, um, you want to, you know, look into a venue and you want to try to get it going, right? Yeah. I'm trying to get, wow. Kind of the reason I moved to Columbus a year ago and a bit was to open up a club. 
Oh, shit. Okay, so that was, like, the reason? That was the reason I came out here. Why did you choose Columbus? Because Columbus rips, baby. Columbus. Oh, shit. <laughs> Columbus is the best city in America. I was gonna say, what, what, what makes you say that? Columbus is, this is going to be a... When did you move to America? I right. moved to America in 2016. Okay. Uh, and I had, I had spent, like, my dad's American, so we had spent summers, like, vacationing in like Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And so my perception of America, it was all like Cape Cod in Massachusetts. I was like, this is a lovely town. This is a very lovely country. <laughs> and then yeah. he's driving through Columbus What's for some the deal? reason. How is this country racist if there are no black people in the first place? Like, this, is, this is just a wonderful place. Oh, and then shit. like I kind of moved out and came out here for college and everyone was Everyone was from different backgrounds. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this, is, this is different. Uh, but I fucked with it. It was, kinda, yeah. it was cool. And then I was, I was traveling through. And then after graduating, I, I was traveling. You know, I had lost my passport, so I couldn't fly back to England during COVID. I graduated in, like, in the pandemic, like um, May of 2020. And so I was going to, I was like, all right, well, it's the pandemic. I'll go spend time with my family. And then I like was looking for my passport and I realized it was in the Denver airport. I don't know how, but I got this DM from this lady. She was like, hey, did you, um, I think I have your passport. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, can you send that to me, please? Thanks so much. And then she blocked me on it. She blocked me and I never got my passport. What? So then I had to go on a big, <laughs> so then I had to go on a big mission to get my passport. But all the passport agencies in America were closed because of COVID. And the only one, and there was only one appointment available, which was in December of 2020 in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, so I had to like set out on a road trip to Tucson, Arizona to get my passport. Uh, and during that time, I was like tra road tripping across America, like visiting every place named London in America. And I, I stopped by in, I was going to London, Ohio, which is 30 minutes away from here. And I stopped by in Columbus the night before, had such a great time. I was like, this place is amazing. <laughs> then like was at, stayed out here for like three months before oh, going shit. to Tucson, did a bunch of shows in like apartments and everyone afterwards was like, yo, and I would tell people, I was like, yo, I love Columbus. And they'd be like, why? There's nothing to do here. And I'd be like, it would be cool to like, if there were something to do here. Like, AKA, AKA, like, a comedy club in the downtown area. Yeah. Versus having to Uber to Easton uh, or, you know, drive and then, you know, it's just a hassle to get to Easton, even though the Funny Bone is a great club. Yeah. You know, just be, I was just like, it's a lot of young people in the short north, like, want something to do. So why not come and open up a club? And so I came in, I was completely delusional. I had never, like, worked on a, uh, never like worked at a comedy club before, didn't know the <laughs> ins and the outs, but ended up getting connected with the funny bone and they were kind enough yeah, to kind of help me out with everything and like show me the, show me the rings. And so it got to the point where I was like ready to, and then I, I was also like going into a bunch of other clubs while being on the road. And so I was seeing like what really makes a good comedy club. And so for like nine months or so, while I was in the first nine months in Columbus, I was really, that was my sole objective was to get a club going. But a lot of factors just got in the way from high rents to like zoning laws. Like the fact I've been offered a few like good spaces, but zoning laws mean like some historical places can't be knocked down or can't be changed up. So if you have a setup, which is 3000 square feet, but, um, 
but there are like column there are columns in the middle the columns kind of like you know that's a bad space in the first place yeah uh but say you don't have columns but say you have a a 2000 square foot venue where it, and the kitchen you know and the stage room you can fit like 60 people in there that's not going to be enough if you're doing it in the short north to justify the high rent that they're paying yeah so maybe you could break down a little bit of the kitchen and build into there and or maybe you could build out into like say they have a yard or something and then you could increase it to like a 100 person venue and that would be enough to maybe not 100 but like 120 yeah. would be enough to break even uh but you know the problem with that is columbus's zoning laws me you'll like be like hey can i knock down this wall and build a little bit and they're like nah you gotta keep it the way it is and this yeah. isn't being like oh let's knock down all historical monuments yeah, yeah, just yeah. for the sake of profit yeah but it's like these are like these are i love columbus but it's that no one is coming to columbus because of its historical architecture in the short north yeah and so it's it's a bit inane and it's kind of like stifling a lot of creativity especially like for other kind of performance spaces. Well, maybe, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll change that. Because I feel like yeah. I feel like the pro, and this is like something that I've talked about with a lot of different comedians, is just like, like I just feel like we're all bad at like marketing. Every, and, it's, yeah. and it's like, if we, it's like if we made ourselves known, like if Columbus City knew that we had comedians, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Then trying to like, push like a you know a law or a policy change would be a lot easier than just being like oh this one comedian wants to knock down a thing and like columbus has no fucking clue you yeah. know that they even have comedy they're like what there's comedy here yeah it's it's crazy there's you know i was just to give an example of like a scene that has a really who are really great at marketing the orlando comedy scene really? in florida is the most insane place i've ever been to and the, there are guys down there who are building the who are building the scene from scratch, uh, not using. They don't have a club. They have the imp, they have the improv and they have side splitters. So they technically do have like more infrastructure than we do. But there are guys who are like creating their own shows and bars, who are really good at marketing, who are really good at social media and building repeat customers, and they're crushing it. And these guys are driving Teslas from comedy and they're like comics in orlando florida it's like how do you i was down there like a month ago so i was like what the hell how do you guys all have this money and they're like dude you to pick their brain for a while yeah i was like you and they were like we're really good at marketing <laughs> i was like wow. hell yeah dude uh yeah i think Colum most columbus comics um are pretty bad with marketing and that's uh you know it's <laughs> it's something to work on it's yeah. not well, i mean we're all trying yeah, yeah you know what i mean but it's just about recognizing you know i you know i'm pretty good at marketing like i get i get people out to most of my shows um but it still takes a lot of work to do that i wish i could be like hey there's a show and yeah. then you'd immediately get 40 yeah. tickets you're not jason banks you yeah be like exactly. hey i have a show coming up yeah so like when let's we can talk about marketing a little bit like how do you what's like the most useful like advice or tool that you would say you use when you're marketing yourself like when you're posting for shows and stuff like that kind of be relentless kind of annoying yeah kind of be annoying like kind of hit up everyone you know like personally and be like hey a comedy show of mine uh comedy show at this venue uh come through 
But also don't waste. It's also important. Don't do that for every show you have. Yeah. Uh, you kind of only want to do that. You only want to like go nuclear or go DEFCON for the shows that are like really important. Yeah. So if you're headlining a show, for example, that's a great reason to bring people, to get people out. Again, right. it's important. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good reason to do it. If you're host, if you're promoting a show, it's kind of, and you're hosting it and booking it, that's a good reason to bring people out because that's your show. You want to put on a good show. If you're doing a spot, obviously it's cool to be like, hey, come on out. And the hosts and bookers always appreciate if you do bring out like even like two to four people uh -huh. um, or even like one, even one, typically like it's cool. <laughs> if you're doing a show and you're a local, it's cool to bring like two to five people. And obviously anyone who brings more is super appreciated yeah. and also a lot more likely to get more spots to get more spots yeah. just especially if you're trying to put together a show and you don't want to do all the work yourself yeah that's why you book show that's why you book shows where it's not just you yeah sometimes you can't bring all the people yourself exactly uh so something you know like if you're just doing a spot like just reach out like they're afraid everyone's everyone's friends with you know a few people exactly and just reach out to like two people and be like hey man you want to come to the show like let's get drinks after to uh, see it as like you know it's time to hang out and they get to watch you do comedy and go up to you afterwards and be like hey that was really great uh, and then the next time they'll be like that was so much better <laughs> and like it's so marketing like yeah just one-on-ones and I don't know it, it's just being that you know kind of rely on a re don't rely on a network but really like push like if you've got a show like post heavily on social media like one post people will see it and then probably forget about it. But if you mm -hmm. post like every day before the show for uh, two weeks, people are going to be like, oh, fine. You know, it will be <laughs> the day off and people will be like, should we go to Eddie's show? Yeah. You'll get more people coming out. And you kind of just have to be a little shameless about it. Okay. But that's, that's how I get people out to my shows. And uh, that's literally it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you moved here when you, you said you were uh, in 2016. Yeah. And that was for college. That was for college. You went to Yale. Yeah. Correct? Mm -hmm. And that's where you started off at, right? You I, st I started, yeah. Started doing comedy there. Okay. And then just kind of kicked, did a, did a bunch, uh, did a bunch, did Edinburgh in 2018. So I was, I guess I was doing stand up for a year, year and a half or something at that point. Okay. And, and then like kept on doing it at Yale just a bunch of shows my junior year i was working just like always trying to build an hour i was always looking towards the hour versus like the five minute set okay and so like i did like a few open mic spots and i was in la for summer 2019 so i did some spots there but none of them were really that like fundamental to my to fundamental yeah. to my growth as a comedian like every important thing was just like the shows i put on myself um in my basement or at apartments and then i graduated in 2020 did a little, spent a year like traveling around America, uh, do apartment shows. All the clubs were still closed because of COVID. And then I came out to um, Columbus, March, tried to set up the, tried to set up the club, but couldn't get that going. So I was like, okay, I'll run as, I'll, now that I'm, or now that it's on the back burner, I'm still looking to do it. But the obstacles, as well as the fact that like the standup is going pretty well right now, is like you don't want to like, do two things 50 50 yeah or you don't want to do two things 40 40 and 
or like when you could commit to one thing really, really well. So it's a weird analogy. Yeah. But so that's my kind of take for now. But it's in the meantime, I'm just trying to put on as many shows as possible in the scene and get people to come out because Columbus is an awesome spot for comedy. It's centrally located. It's in the middle of it's literally in the middle of the country. It's an hour's flight from anywhere anywhere from all the way down from Atlanta to New York to Chicago. Uh, you can bring in head there to Nashville, you know, Nashville, Boston, whatever. You can bring in all these headliners because who, if you can sell tickets and pay headliners well, they're going to swing by. Yeah, and because Columbus is on the way. Like when comics work the road, you know, not the comics who are headlining at the Funny Bone, but maybe their feature act or their opening act or some comics you see on like this week at comedy at the cellar uh, on Comedy Central, like comics who are very funny but haven't blown up, you can just hit them up and be like, hey man, you wanna come to Columbus? And they're like, yeah, I dude. mean, Halima just had, what's his face? Uh, Chris Allen? Yeah. Chris Allen came through. Uh, he opened for uh, Mark Norman. Yeah. I have a bunch of people coming through, um, like a bunch of cellar comics, a bunch of people who have just seen online and think of funny. I'm like, hey man, like you wanna just come and do a show or do a weekend and find a venue, put on the show and comics want to come. That's the upside of like not having the club is you get to create the space yourself. Yeah. And so it's centrally located. You can build a week of shows. If you're going to Columbus, let's say on a Wednesday, maybe you're doing go bananas Thursday through Sunday. Maybe you're going to do, maybe you're featuring in Chicago on the weekend. Hey, come drive by Columbus on Thursday, then drive up to Chicago. There are so many opportunities here. And also it's a massive city and like people want things to do and there is nothing to do downtown. What did you go to school for? History. History? (laughs) Yeah, completely unrelated. Dang. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The, uh, I was very unemployable. <laughs> uh, and so you're probably like never gonna, like, do you use it like for your comedy? Absolutely not. <laughs> really? <laughs> Absolutely. Not. Well, I mean, I'd like to, but no one ever is no, you know, politely. No one, no one's read about the stuff that I'm interested in. Okay. Uh, what are you interested in? Oh, just slavery. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, I was, uh, I was an American. Stu- I like studied American history. I, you know, I, I sometimes like to bring it up a little bit, but I find people aren't that interested in hearing a t- 23 year or 24 year old, like explain anything to them. Yeah. People are already mad at me that I'm British and, you know, went to Yale. People don't want to be like, Oh, and now he thinks he's better than us because he so knows about this. So you have a ba- associate's? Bachel- bachelor's. bachelor's. Okay, yeah. sweet, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Almost got a master's. But, uh, Almost? Almost. But, Damn, shit. Well. Yeah. I love that joke you have. Yes, I go to Yale, and yes, I think I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all right. true. Fuck everyone. Um, <laughs> but, Simon, uh, do you have any, uh, like, you know, websites or anything that are you we doing the push? Pl- are we in the plugs? Are we in the yeah. plug section of the plug? Yeah. yeah has yeah, it been an hour? Or is yeah. It? No yeah. Way. I got the light. Oh, wow. I'm down to kick it a bit more if you want. Oh. But the, uh, uh, yeah, no, my, uh, you can see all my upcoming dates at simonfrasercomedy.com. Uh, Fraser spelt like Brendan Fraser. No relation. Uh <laughs> To the best of my knowledge, my mom hasn't done her 23 and me yet. Uh, cool back. And what else? Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Simon Loves High Noons. 
to the uh, to the tens of people watching me l look at this camera. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Simon Loves High Noons. I thought it said. For some odd reason, I thought it said Simon loves shrooms. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was like, well, it was tough because I can't remember. I changed it to Simon loves Haiti after one show because I do because like, I don't know. There was some people from Haiti who were like heckling me and I was trying to get on that good side. But that was tough because then it just said Simon loves sh Simon loves shitty or something like that. Oh, no. And then they got even more mad at me. And I was like, nah, come on. Um, but yeah, follow me on check. My, follow me on Instagram at Simon Loves High Noons. That's where I post all my shows. And yeah, yeah TikTok got TikTok. I'm massive on TikTok. Follow yeah, me on dude. TikTok. Simon Fraser underscore. Uh, it's a hell of a time out there. Dude. I, go, I go viral and I get no followers. It's that, insane. It's yeah, it's super insane. I'll like sometimes check on like you know every like comedians like tiktoks every once in a while yeah and yours is like really funny because it's like you'll scroll down and you'll be like you know you'll get like the normal amount like close to like how many followers you have but then you have like these crazy ass just like whatever these million view videos and you're just like oh where are these people yeah where it's like it's like they click on they see me they see my video they like my what i have to say and they do not like my face <laughs> and they're like TikTok is made for hot people. TikTok is made for people who are hot and people who you would like to look at for the rest of your life. I and feel like you're not a bad looking guy. Yeah, I am good looking. In, and you have an interesting I'm voice. Good looking in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. to, to the much more. <laughs> to the Midwest, yeah. You're yeah. Like, well, Columbus 9. Yeah. Like six. Exactly. <laughs> the, um, to the, sorry. The, yeah. To the, to the more, much more honest and well-versed internet community, I am a person who looks like the ladybug from A Bug's Life. That is the most liked comment I've, on. I've <laughs> yeah. That's all they have it. to say. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh uh, shit. So uh, you've, been, uh, you've been having fun with some of the open mics that I've seen you at uh, recently. Yeah. Going up as some different character names. Oh, yeah. My favorite was when I went up as Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I like that. Have you, is that the only place that you've done that? I've only done the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, character there. I've done a few. I've done uh, racist uh, South African apartheid. Uh, <laughs> Wisher uh, a few times at other venues, but that one's never really gone over too well. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, but he's done it way more. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's really just my character. It's just what I say on stage. And okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm from South Africa. Sure. So okay. Okay. You get away with it. The, um, I don't know. I, I've, I think I've done a few other ones, but. What's your, what's your view on like nonsense? Stupid comedy. Yeah, like when yeah, like when you're. Yeah, like, it's funny. Okay. Yeah, everything everything's funny. You know, it's all just. Because uh, I've always I've always wondered about that because it's like some t like I feel like when I started off I like was way too silly and I was doing shit that like I look back on now and I'm like what the fuck was I doing and like now I feel like I'm getting more laughs but I feel like I'm getting. Uh, sometimes it's a little too serious. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do I bridge the gap? Oh, I think everything should be silly. Like okay. nothing should be serious. If yeah. you're a, if you are anyone below the level of, if, 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 uh, whatever, if the New York times doesn't write think pieces 
about your comedy, every single thing you say should be funny okay. and silly. Everything you say should be silly. Like, there's no need to make a point. Yeah. If you're okay. an open yeah. mic comic. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. making points, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, where it's like, it's more, the joke isn't coming off as as silly as I probably should. How do you, right. how do you make something more silly? Just be silly, you know, uh, interesting. I don't know. I guess in that sense. Like, how do you make, let's say, you want to joke about racism. Yeah. Simon wants to joke about racism. How does Simon make racism silly? Oh, I got a good joke about this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just like how we do Yeah, you, know, you kind of, you got to be silly. So this, is, this would be my example. Like, my joke about racism is I don't like how people say the word urban to describe places of black people. Cause I think the word urban is like, a, it's a, it carries with it a negative connotation. And why should, if we're gonna use, describe a group of people, why should that be negative? Why should that word be negative? So I propose we stop using the word urban and we start using uh, the much more positive word, uh, crack a lackin <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. How, was, how, was the, how was the party? It was crack a lackin Were there any white people there? I already told you. It was crack a lackin It was crack a lackin And, you know, that's a, technically a joke about racism. And it's silly and it's completely <laughs> stupid. Whenever you're working, whenever you're working at, uh, you know, at a comedy club and they're like, oh, it's Urban Night. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's crack a lackin Night. Yeah, I went. It's in, crack a lackin <laughs> yeah. Night now. Yeah, nah, dude. I was at this bar before coming in here and it was pretty dark. Uh, I, should <laughs> say, I should say crack a lackin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's great! Holy it's a, shit! It's okay, a, it's a silly, it's a it's, silly joke, but it's you know, it's it's silly, but it's also kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. I that's like, but you know, I think like that's a much funnier joke to me than being like we as white people need to solve racism, <laughs> and the way we fix it is I I I don't have a good idea, but just like yeah. you know, like it, it, trying to be if you're trying to I don't know. Exactly. I, I get what you're saying. I don't get what I'm saying, but the, I'm glad I, you do. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, at least in the direction, what you're saying is that like, you know, if you're not, if you're not being silly, it sounds like you're making a point. Sometimes. Yeah. Be tongue in cheek. You know, like the audience is the audience should be on your side. Like they're looking at you already. Exactly. As long as you're like, kind of just show de like demonstrate you're kind of like a good guy. The audience is going to be on your side. And so you just be silly with it. And then it just, obviously it just takes, practice and good writing okay um yeah i like being i love being silly it's like all my i would say like all my jokes like uh, most of my jokes are very silly or, yeah. or self-deprecating or stupid i'm i'm working on i'm working on the self i feel like my problem is is that i try to do some jokes where there is somewhat of like a serious like a mm -hmm. like where it's like you know i try to talk about like my parents divorce or something like that yeah and I'll make a joke, and sometimes you'll get the awes instead yeah. of like the laughs, and you're like, "Fuck!" I know you can play off that. You can totally, you can totally spin that because then the the audience thinks you're like sad about it, and you'd be like, "Fuck you!" No, I'm okay. Like, I'm make, I'm making, I'm about to like make a bunch of jokes about it. Okay, and those can still be silly. Yeah, you know, as long as it's only serious if you go along with the awes. Yeah, if you choose, if you do the turn and be like, "Nah," you know. Because I would say the, the silliest joke that I have is comparing my one-handed mom to a pirate. Yeah, that's like, I like that one. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so it's like, I would say that that's like probably the most like lighthearted, silly joke that I would say is in my repertoire. 
that's yeah. like silliness wise. So I'm definitely have yeah. to look back and try to like see where some of my jokes that haven't gotten like hella laughs or whatever. Maybe it's not silly enough because actually I did a feedback mic in Cincinnati with Ridge and uh, Alex Timms. Did you do the go bananas? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. was that? I've never been. Apparently, so, it's great. It, yeah, it was gonna say. Yeah, dude, it yeah. was like a really good time because there was like two or three guys that were just like it was a uh, Blake Hammond. There was another guy I don't remember, and then uh, another dude uh, who sometimes added, but not as much as the, yeah. the first two. Yeah, um, the third guy always works as a funny bone. He's like always a feature. Lee. Oh, Andrew Rudick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of them. And then there was another guy with dark hair. No, you're good. Dude. No, it's funny because when I, when I listened to him, I got like a John Mulaney vibe. Yeah. He's, he's unique, man. I, I, I was doing a set the other week and I caught myself like, I had just watched him the night before at Go Bananas and I caught myself like, I was like, I went to Yale. Yeah. I was like, oh God, no, I got to stop doing that. But, but yeah, I was so gonna say the mic was good. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like it was completely different than anything that I've ever done. It was like it was almost like a writing room where it was just like it was like how I would have imagined like a TV like when you're trying to write an episode mm-hmm. how it was because like people would just go up and then you'd have like two or three guys just like this 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 and you're like how the fuck are they coming up with all these tags? Mm-hmm. And sometimes this is the first time that they've ever even heard the joke from this comedian. Sometimes they've brought it back a few times or whatever to try it out. But like that was the thing that they said about the joke that I tried is that like you need to take it sillier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. I was yeah. like, I have to like work on that. I kind of like shelved it for right now because I'm like, I need to figure that out. I need yeah. to figure that out. So I've kind of like put it to the side right now until I look back and like, oh, OK, yeah. this is what I was doing wrong. Like, I think I think they're right. I think just the only way to deal with serious, the only way to deal with like really serious stuff is to either real is to go is to either be silly with it or really be so serious at it but you you, you have it, to be it has to be like a, a very yeah, yeah you have to be like very i feel like uh everyone has to be on your side yeah. if you're gonna do it like that yeah. but if you get up on stage at an open mic where you still gotta like fight for their attention <laughs> and you're like so my parents are divorced and then the audience is like oh and then you're like yeah i'm pretty sad about it <laughs> and they're like <laughs> all right, wait, where's, where's what do we the, do now? What? Jesus Christ, kill me. Oh, you know, shit, be, that's so fucking funny, yeah. You just gotta be like, yeah. I don't know, like, I just moved out of my, you know, comedy's going pretty well, just moved out of my dad's house. <laughs> Thank you very much, I moved into my mom's house. You my, know, like, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, just like, they're divorced. My, fa- my favorite, my, my old opener that I used to use is, like, when I would go up and people were clapping, I'd be like, wow, Sounds a lot like when I told my dad I was going to be leaving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> finally. Yeah. That's Just it. like, but uh, yeah. So you uh, said that you got a date tonight. I got a you, date. I'm turning you, up in these stupid flip-flops. And, uh, and this great outfit. And you, said, and you said you use Tinder? Uh, no. Oh, that's another way to market your shows. Use dating apps. Oh, the, uh, shit. There it is. It's the easy, that's how I sold out Granero Lounge. Nuh-uh. Within like two months of moving to the city. You use Tinder? I use Tinder. I got like a hundred people to the show. <laughs> purely using Hinge. <laughs> and women like, and men? No, just women. Just women. You Whoa, know. you did a show. And then the, How you, many women were there? I would guess, you know, I would guess there What's were the percentage? five Hinge dates showed up with friends. <laughs> and so I would guess like 20 people showed up from Hinge. 
total. And and then the rest, it was a lot of marketing as well. But it's a good way to fill seats. Shit. And you got to act like they're the only comic. They, you're, they're the only girl who's going to do that. Damn. It's shameless. I'm shameless about it. How did you, how do you do, how do you, uh, you just like, people are walking over and saying, oh, you did a great job. How do you? And you, yeah, you're like, oh, great. Yeah. This is the <laughs> other hinge. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you've got to, you've got to play it off. You know, it's just, uh, it's a far, they, they put it together. <laughs> <laughs> they put it together when within the first two minutes or so, I acknowledge that I have invited multiple girls from age. <laughs> just looking around like, is it him? Oh my God, it's insulting. So what's, so what's Simon looking for right now? Is he just looking for, is he looking for a relationship, marriage? No, Mrs. Fraser, holy, Fraser? Holy hell, definitely not. How do you say it? Fraser? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say Fraser, but everyone Fraser? says Fraser, so I'm, Fraser. I guess I could go by Fraser. Uh, Fraser, you yeah. say Fraser, Fraser, Fraser. I don't know. Some people pronounce it Soros. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know. That's, oh, that's, that's funny. The, that's the English, the English pronunciation. Nice. Yeah, with the U. <laughs> It's like we uh, got Peter Thiel's son here, uh, Simon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Simon Thiel. No, I'm just joking. The um. Whatever it's called. No, I'm not that, just looking, f just being open-minded. This girl slid into my DMs after a, uh, after a TikTok of mine went viral. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I haven't really checked that she's not <laughs> under the yeah. age. Oh, but, nice. But she did say she's graduated and has a job. So <laughs> fingers crossed that's graduated from college. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I'm just going on this one. Never been on a it's totally blind date. Wow. Um, should be fun. Lost my voice wearing pink flip flops and uh, hell of a time, dude. It's gonna be a great time. I have, I hope you have a lot of fun. I have fingers crossed. You know, <laughs> the uh, I like going dates, dates are fun, dates are fun, good material as well, exactly. Yeah, but all right, guys, uh, that's it. Yeah, that all was right. fucking Simon. Cool. Uh, you guys can check out all of his stuff. We'll have all of your stuff in the fucking description of the video and in the fucking podcast. Dude, thanks a lot for coming in. I Hell appreciate yeah. you. Thanks. I thought you were gonna be a harder get. Nah, dude, I'm I'm open. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a I'm a fucking podcast whore. You know? Dude, hell yeah, dude. I'll do whatever. Thanks for having me on. And sorry for. I bet you I'm gonna. I bet you I'm gonna look back on this interview in like two years time, three years time, and be like, what a fucking idiot, dude. Think, I mean, thinking, thinking he knew it all about how. Well, to dude, I mean, shows. that's how I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, wow, I was a fucking dweeb. But yeah. I mean, that's the, that's what it is, though. It's like you look back on your fucking old recordings and yeah. shit, and you're just like, wow, dude, what was I doing? And it's like, and that, and you, it's like what we were talking about earlier when you're like, oh, you're you're doing better. Yeah, it was so better than last better. time. Yeah. And you listen to your old sets, you're like, wow, I was so bad. And it's like that's going to happen every single time you like look back like two or three years, you'd be like, there's probably never going to be a joke yeah. that I'm going to look back on and be like, that was fire right when I wrote it. Like, or like, you know what I mean? That worked year one and it will work forever. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a joke like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. My crackalacking joke is yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, Did you write good. that pretty early? I, I, uh, oh, you, oh, sorry. You mean in year one? Yeah. Sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I thought you meant like you write it soon. No, I, there's one joke I have, which I've since, since retired, since turning 24, uh, which I wrote my first year, which is, uh, I didn't even find out where the clitoris was until I was 24. Sorry, and, and I'm 23, but then when I wrote it, I was like, I didn't even find out where it was until I was 19, oh. and I'm 18, so, okay, uh, okay. so I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm making 24 my year, so yeah, I'm manif manifesting it by 
getting rid of that joke. Dude, well, yeah. thank you so much. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you. Dude. We missed. They were going to. Dude. Yeah. This, this. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for it's watching. Like, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode. Columbus Gang Sign, I believe. <laughs>